Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. This is Seeing Red, the New York Soccer Roundup. Now in our second decade of bringing you the best independent New York Red Bulls news and opinion. With your hosts, Mark Fishkin and Joe Goldstein. Thankfully, the international break is over. And we can get back to proper MLS play. The Red Bulls have two matches left to sew up a home playoff game. And the first of those is Saturday night in Columbus. It's Seeing Red, the New York Soccer Roundup. I'm Mark Fishkin here with Joe Goldstein. Hello, Joe. Hello, Mark. A long time no speak. You know, uh, I almost forgot how to do this. I, <laughs> I was setting up the pod and I was like, what goes where and how does this work? And it's only been two weeks, but in fe- in soccer time, it feels like an eon, especially after a very disappointing international window for the U.S. men. Disappointing uh, international window. And we've been doing like, you know, there's been like two games a week for months, it feels like. So it's just weird to not have any to no Red Bull to talk about. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was definitely a disappointing international window. It is uh, a bit deflating uh, heading into the world cup, having to come back first to, to MLS, like you said. Right. And you know, it's a challenge for the players. It's a challenge for the coaches. Some of, some of the players were involved. Aaron Long played in those two matches. I, I don't, think he was exceptional i i don't think he gave greg berhalter a reason to write his name as a starter in in pen i still think that he will be part of the the world cup team but uh you know obviously better in the second game against saudi arabia they don't concede but you don't score a goal in 180 minutes against teams that frankly are, are ranked lower than some of the opponents they'll face in the world cup and um, you know, everyone wanted to go in to this tournament in November with momentum and optimism and good feeling. And I think all of that is not present. I think expectations yeah. have been lowered significantly for this year's tournament in, in Qatar. Yeah, I, well, I, I think that's absolutely true about the U.S. And I think just in general, it's a really weird way to kind of make your way into the world cup. Anyway, you have such a small window before the, the actual cup between league and then uh, the, the world cup to go to. Uh, I think it's just going to be really bizarre for everyone. Um, but yeah, uh, you, you gotta look better offensively. You're certainly not going to <laughs> you can't look worse. <laughs> You're certainly not going to do it if you can't score the goals. And uh, uh, yeah, I know, I know that heading into this window, you know, you're talking about guys like uh, uh, Jordan Sibichu, Um Right. Didn't get the call in. Didn't get the call in. Uh, Sargent is on fire, but, you know, what did he do in the game? Yeah. Um, it, it it's, it's feast or famine for the U.S. forwards, and right now, definitely famine. Uh, you know, and perhaps you could make the parallel 
right between what the the forward line has done for the U.S. and you know a season long challenge um, for for the Red Bulls. But nevertheless, you know Struber says it, it's important. You've got to get back into the right frame of mind. We have two matches to go. Um, and then a playoff game that we know there will definitely be a playoff game for sure. <laughs> um, but uh, who who just, you know, who will they face remains to be seen. And so these next two matches will certainly tell the story. So let's set up the Eastern Conference and then we'll preview Saturday night's match in Columbus, the last road game for the Road Warriors in the regular season. There are a number of Red Bulls that are up for season-ending awards. I don't know. I think it's... I frankly think it's safe to say that there would be some surprises if <laughs> Red Bulls wound up with a yeah. season-ending MLS award. We'll, of course, have uh, our Bull and Newcomer of the Year at the end of the season, which could could be in just a couple of weeks. So nevertheless, um, here's the East. Philadelphia uh, sitting pretty on 64 points. They're they're going to win the East. They may win the Shield. Um, they have, they're at Charlotte on Saturday, and they finish on, on Decision Day home against Toronto. Um, they, they can't pass uh, you know, the 71 points of the 2018 Red Bulls. That's okay. But they're, they're, uh, they're, they're clearly the team to beat in the East. Montreal locked up second place at the very least. Um, 59 points. They have D.C. and at Miami, which is a bit of a stroll, frankly, uh, to the end. Then you've got your New York Red Bulls with 50 points. Um, they're at Columbus and then home for Charlotte. City on 49. Um, they have they host Orlando at Red Bull Arena on Sunday, and then they go to Atlanta. Atlanta, you hope, going into that last match, is still going to have a whiff um, to get in with a win because uh, you want them to be playing City very, very tough, and hopefully New York gets that third seed. Cincinnati, after a, uh, an impressive tie at Seattle, find themselves in the fifth slot with 46 points. They're uh, home for Chicago and at D.C. Again, two teams that have already been eliminated from the playoffs. They, they can catch the Red Bulls if the Red Bulls yeah. drop points, so New York's going to have to win out. Um, Orlando next on 45. They are one of a few teams with three matches left to play at New York City midweek uh, in a Florida derby at Miami and then home for Columbus. Then there's Miami on 42 above the line at, at, uh, in seventh place. They have a Friday night football match at Toronto, home for Orlando and then home for Montreal, who by then most likely won't have anything to play for. And then the guys that are that are below the line but still into it, Columbus also on 42, behind on the wins tiebreaker. They won't catch Miami. Um, they have New York. Then they go to Charlotte, and then they go to Orlando. That's the, that's the toughest road to hoe of the contenders uh, for Columbus. Then Atlanta on 40, home for New England, and then uh, rather at New England, home for City. And then Charlotte and and the Rebs, frankly, they're they're four points below the line. They can find themselves out of contention this weekend. So uh, right now, if the playoffs uh, began before this weekend's games, Montreal, the two, would host Miami, the seven. The Red Bulls would host Orlando. I don't know if the Red Bulls want to see Orlando again or ever again. And then City right now would host Cincinnati. So when, when you think about, um, Joe, you think about those teams – 
in the four, in the five, six, and seven slot. Cincinnati on forty six, Orlando on forty five, Miami on forty two. Uh, you know who who has the biggest momentum here? Where where do you see? Who do you think is going to be coming into the playoffs hot? Uh, probably Miami. I think they've done okay over the last month or so. Uh, I it I'm still not necessarily sold. They're going to make it. Okay. You know they've got those two very tough games at the end of the season. Um, Atlanta has a winnable match in New England. Columbus is fighting for their lives. They usually, uh, they, I mean, they're very dangerous. I think yes, the Red they've Bulls got the weapons to beat New York. Are going to have their their hands full. Yeah. Um, and so maybe one of those two sneaks in, and I don't know if either of them really has a ton of momentum either. Uh, I, I guess out of that group, though, I would say Miami probably is is playing strongest down the stretch or Orlando too. Um, yeah. Yeah. One of those two. All right. And then of course you have to worry about Cincinnati that's picked themselves up in a major way down the stretch. And, that's, and they, yeah, if they fall to fourth, that's, that's a real tough ask. Yeah. That's a tough ask for sure. All right. Um, let's take a look at this week's opponent and that's the Columbus crew Columbus nine, seven and 15. You, you, you heard that right. Nine, seven, and fifteen draws, forty-two points tied for seventh and eighth, East, but eighth after the wins tiebreaker. They have the most draws in MLS. Um, they are a very, very strong defensive team. They've only conceded thirty-six times in thirty-one games. Um, they've scored just forty-one as well. So uh, they've added Cucho uh, Fernandez mid-season, and he's made an impact with nine goals and two assists in his last 15 games. But, but as we have heard earlier today um, from Andrew Bazan of the Red Bulls, that MLS has suspended him for use of offensive language in the crew match against Portland. And so he will be ineligible to play. And that is a massive, massive win um, for New York as they're looking to, to get this done. Um, Columbus has dropped 19 points from winning positions, conceding six times in second half stoppage time in 2022. Uh, a Columbus fan told me it is not good at all. They just, they cannot finish games, um, which should give New York, uh, I think a bit of, uh, confidence going into the match. Um, Caleb Porter, uh, you know, won an MLS Cup with with this team, but they think it's time for a change. It's been a number of years since that Cup win, and they're they're looking for something different. Um, he is an incredibly stubborn coach. He's known for throwing pit players under the bus, and the the crew fans are ready for something new. They're eighth in the East at home. Um, talk about New York's road, uh, rather home woes. Um, six four and six at Lower.com Field for 24 of their 42 points. Columbus has only won once in their last five MLS matches with a loss and three draws. Last time out, a 1-1 draw uh, home in uh, against Portland, where they conceded in the 95th minute to give up the points. Uh, before that, a loss at Miami, where they conceded in the 82nd minute to lose. Uh, before that, a 2-2 draw in Montreal, where Montreal scored in the 89th and 95th minutes 
to take what would have been a very impressive win for the crew and turn it into a single point. Before that, a scoreless draw against Chicago, and before that, a one nothing win uh, against Miami. Um, Luis Diaz with a goal in the 64th minute. This is the 89th all-time meeting between the two teams. It's an old-school 96er. Um, Columbus has the slight edge 39-36-13. and 13. Red Bulls leading scorer, no surprises, BWP. The all-time active, the active leading scorer against the crew is a very large group. That includes Christian Caceres, Sean Nealis, Tom Barlow, Caden Clark, John Tolkien, and Patrick Homala, each of whom all have a single goal against the crew. Um, their most likely 11 will be Eloy Room, the Curacao national keeper. He has 10 clean sheets on the season. Steven Morera. Uh, with a goal and five assists from right back. Milos Dignik, an Austrian. Uh, Josh Williams, uh, American, with an assist uh, from the center back position. Pedro Santos, the World War One flying ace, with a goal and two assists from the left back position. Um, the two sixes are Aiden Morris, young American, and Darlington Nagby, old American. Nagby with three goals. Uh, our friend Derek Etienne with six goals and five assists, a very fine season for Etienne. Uh, Zellerayan, the always challenging and difficult number 10, especially on spot kick um, situations with Red Bull fans know very, very well with nine goals and six assists. Kevin Molino, former uh, Orlando uh, TNT player with a goal, and they're, they're definitely going to miss Cucho Hernandez's nine goals and two assists. Keep in mind, the Red Bulls have a hospital ward of their own going right now. Castorus picked up a leg infection before he even had a chance to play with Venezuela during the international break. Apparently, Caden Clark picked up a knock with the U.S. Uh, U-20s in their, in their tournament in Mexico. And then, of course, Aaron Long, I think, is a question mark after playing two games in Europe. And so the question is, with without their scoring talisman for Columbus— can New York do their magic road hoodoo and uh, take all three points against the crew? I think, uh, obviously, Cucho is very um, influential, very important. Yeah. very important for that team, very influential. But, I mean, arguably, Zellerion is still the guy that makes that team tick and can hurt you from just about anywhere, inside the box, outside the box. He's got a cannon of a foot. He can bend it around you if he needs to. Uh, I think that it, it's going to be a tough assignment, especially with, with – uh, the potential of Long being out. I think Reyes has stepped in and done really well. Uh, him and Nealis have partnered okay together. Uh, but it, it's going to be a trying time for, for this group against a, uh, a an offensive line that is generally pretty speedy and is happy to attack down the wings. We know that the Red Bulls are very susceptible to that because their wings push up and are very important to the attack. Uh, so that could probably minimize uh, both offensive and defensive output uh, for the Red Bulls. So it, it's going to be a slog. It's going to be a little bit of a fight. I think I like uh, what Elias done on the front line. I think that he's looked pretty good. He's missing the goal still. Uh, uh, but, you know, real, As real close. strikers do. Real close this past, uh, this past outing. But um, having someone that can play with their back to goal, I think, really helps. I think uh, – we need to see big performances from Kyle Duncan and John Tolkien uh, in this one. It may be a pairing in the middle of, you know, Drew and Danny. Um, or, Most likely. Or if we get Frankie back, who knows? 
uh, you know, obviously he's struggling to get back on the field. Um, I'd like to see, uh, 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 Omir back out there, uh, pulling the strings. I think that would be nice. Maybe by necessity. Yeah. Um, and if we can get Pat Klimla or Lucinius going, that would be incredible. But, you know, it's been a tough summer and fall for, for those guys so far. Um, this is a winnable game. It's certainly not an easy game. And Columbus is going to have the extra uh, oomph fighting for their playoff lives while the Red Bulls uh, have to decide if they really even want a home playoff game. Well, with a win and an NYC loss, they would lock up the three, the three seed and guarantee a home playoff game the weekend of, uh, of 10-15 if, in fact, that is something that they want. Um interesting it, 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 let, let's go back to the to the first game these two teams played earlier this year is way back on March 20th when we got the first hint that maybe this home season was going to be a little nutty that's the game where Tom Barlow gets the goal um, they take a lead and that's when Ashley Fletcher was added to the field with three minutes to play an in injury time and rather than take the ball to the corner and, and leave it there and try to kill the game he loses the ball on a bad pass. Columbus sweeps down the field, and Darlington Nagby puts the ball in the net, turning a loss and two points that would be very, very handy right now into a 1-1 draw. You know, and, and ironic, I guess, perhaps, that it's the crew that's having a hard time holding on to games late. Um, but it'll, it'll be very, very interesting to see uh, what happens. And again, with some very, very important um, players missing. Before we give our uh, predictions for the game. Let's quickly go over the schedule for this week. Friday Night Football, Toronto hosting Miami. Toronto is out of it. Miami is very not out of it. Yeah, I think Miami has everything to play for here and is going for that win. Um, your soccer Saturday starts at one thirty, where New England hosts Atlanta. Again, the Revs not mathematically out of it, uh, but Atlanta has the edge on them. Yeah, and this is going to be a really interesting game to watch. I think probably because it's in new England, I'll tip it towards the reds or, or the revs rather. Um, or the reds. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, but I, I think it could uh, potentially end up as a draw. Okay. Charlotte, who also is not officially eliminated hosting Philadelphia. And I guess you're, yes, you're playing for your, your playoff life, but you have the opportunity to play big spoiler here. This is a multi-goal loss for Charlotte. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Cincinnati has, Everything to play for in obliterating Chicago, uh, who's on the golf course already. Are, are Cincinnati at home? Yeah. I still don't trust them there. I'm going to call it a draw. <laughs> okay. Uh, something about Ohio and New Jersey. Uh, those teams can't play there. No, uh, they it's can't very, win. very strange. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Montreal, who's all locked up second and has a whiff at the Eastern title, I guess. Um, they are hosting D.C. United. Who have uh, I mean, yeah, yeah obviously, yeah, Montreal. Uh, then we turn to Sunday, 1 o'clock. Now, also keep in mind, on the East Coast, we're going to get the remnants of Hurricane Ian blowing through Saturday night into Sunday. Sunday at 1 o'clock at Red Bull Arena, it's City hosting Orlando. This is a massive uh, game with massive playoff implications. It's at teams. Red Bull Arena, and yes. City will lose. Yes, home teams just... There's no win there. And then <laughs> lastly, uh, our game Saturday night at 7.30 at Lower.com Field. 
It's uh, the Columbus Crew and their awful, awful crest hosting the New York Red Bulls, sir. What do you got? You know, City is going to allow them or let them off the hook here if they lose their game. Uh, but I think the Red Bulls are going to walk out of this uh, without any points, calling it a 2 nothing win for Columbus. <sighs> Yikes. I think it's a 2-1 Red Bulls win. Before we go to break, I just want to quickly mention that the MLS League Award nomination list came out earlier today. That's um, the the possible universe of of players selected for individual uh, accolades at the end of the season. Now, uh, every team gets players on the Landon Donovan MVP award list. It is not realistic to think that every team has a true candidate to win this award. For the Red Bulls, there were two players named. One of them, um, not a surprise for me, Lewis Morgan. The other one, Christian Casters Jr., was a surprise for me. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess I can look at it from game-winning moments that he's had, and he's had quite a few of them this year. Uh, so I'll give both of those guys credit. Who else? Is there somebody else that you think would well, be on this list for, for from Red the Bull? Red Bulls? Like Coronel, maybe. I mean, even even that I think is maybe a stretch. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the the, the race is between Hani Mukhtar and Jurisi. I think. And yeah. I think it's that <laughs> Everybody way. else, it doesn't. Everybody really else, it's polite. It's a nice yeah. tip of the cap. Defender of the year, Sean Nealis is uh is on the list, and not Aaron Long. Yeah, I mean, that that is more surprising than our MVP candidates, I guess. Um, but Sean's played very well this year. It's his second big year in a row i think yes um so good for him all right Glad. newcomer of the year if, if this award was given in june i think it's lukinius is to win easily yeah um if but it's not it's not given then nope. uh and i don't think uh it's lukinius who, who is there someone that you think a first year player in the league that's going to win this mm. let me let me try and pull up the uh the list of newcomers um, by the way, uh, Cornell also goalkeeper of the year uh, on the list, but uh, that's. I mean, he's, yeah, he's not Blake is that. winning that, right? Yeah, Blake is winning yeah. that. Newcomer of the year. I mean, again, every team has one. I'm just uh, scanning, scanning. I mean, you could make the argument if it was maybe July, Taxi Fountas might be there. Bernadeschi? Bernadeschi right. is on it's the Indiana, list. They could be there. Uh, there's Cucho Hernandez on the list. Um, Diego Martins at NYC. Um, Gabriel Pereira at NYC. Oh, Carol Swiderski at, at Charlotte. I That's think would be a good too. candidate. Yeah. Michael Uwa uh, for the Union also might be a good candidate. So, Oh, uh, Willie Agata, who's been playing very well for Kansas City. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't. I don't watch. You know, like wh as we come down the stretch, like bad Western Conference teams. Hey, yeah, no, that's fair. All right, uh, young player of the year, both Castris and John Tolkien nominated here, and um, I don't believe that Tolkien's going to win, but I think that he should be considered in the in um, you know near the top. Yeah, that's a top five guy for me. I think probably this is so. Jesus Ferreira is not getting no. MVP, but I could see him getting Young, young Player young of the Year as sort of like a, a constellation. Yeah, and again, more you know in the shop window. Hey, check yeah. out this player. Uh, Aaron Long was named as a Comeback Player of the Year, and while I, I'm unsure that he will win that award, 
uh, I think he also, given where he came from with his injury, could absolutely be considered up there. Yeah, I think that, that if there's an award that they're going to win, that's the one. Yeah. I mean, looking at this list, I mean, Gonzalo Higuain, you know, did he come back from injury? Or did he just come back from dreadful play? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, Kamar Lawrence is on this list, and I, I don't – I mean, Minnesota is threatening to miss the playoffs – Jordan Morris is on this list, but they they will miss the playoffs, I believe. Alexandra Pato in Orlando, he could win it. Carranza. 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 I think yep. that's another guy. Uh, Bobby Wood, has he been performing at RSL? I don't know. No. And then um, Gerhard Struber nominated for Coach of the Year. Well done. Uh, I think given where this team was expectation-wise, perhaps you make the argument that maybe he could get there. But if any if any team has beaten expectations this year for me, it's Austin FC. Oh yeah. And yeah. that means that it's Josh Wolf's award to win. You for could sure. also make the argument for, for Curtin to win the award, because um, they've done so well. But um yeah, I think this is Josh Wolf's award. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh when we're back on seeing red, we're going to go through a a a limited uh, petite style mailbag and then we'll get you on out of here keep it here hey it's mark our next partner has a product i recently became aware of and that's ag1 from athletic greens so what is ag1 with one delicious scoop you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things, really. Um, it's lifestyle-friendly, so whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan like me, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it works with all those diets. And it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Now, some of you, I know, take some type of multivitamin. Some of you take multiple multivitamins every day. It's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. And with AG1, it's cheaper, and you're getting all those different supplements yourself. It costs less than $3 a day. So if you're investing in your health, it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Uh, Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company, and for every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day, and that's it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy... Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And now... Back to Seeing Red. Back on Seeing Red, the New York Soccer Roundup. Next week, we hope to bring you Shep Messing uh, as he prepares to sign off as 
the television color commentator for the New York Red Bulls after two decades on the job. And again, two MSG matches left, and then um, we'll see what happens with the playoffs. But uh, their run will come to the end, and we'll start to, to learn, I think, in the months to come what what who the broadcast teams will be for Apple TV as they pick up the entirety of of MLS uh, play. Uh, a couple of notes that I wanted to bring to your attention, Joe, and your attention if you're listening. Um, the Galaxy made some news this week when they announced that the the opening game of the 23 season will be play will be in El Trafico played at the Rose Bowl. And so they'll they'll attempt to sell, you know, 90,000 seats to this match. And something really struck me as interesting that they're still playing the 2022 season. And I understand that you've got a lot of tickets to sell. And perhaps they're using this to try and goose their season ticket uh, numbers. But it's almost like we're not done with this year yet. Why are you talking about this now? It does seem weird to announce something like that. I guess maybe also to cash in on a little bit of uh, World Cup fervor that'll happen uh, during the off season. It, it, it's just a really bizarre time, and especially like the Galaxy, you're they're not in right. They're no, under the they, line. they're not. They're fifth in the West. Oh, they're fifth. Okay, and so they're they should make the playoffs. Okay, uh, yeah, it, it does seem incredibly premature to start talking about this. At least wait for. You know, a week after their last game, and I guess maybe there, there, maybe that that was it. That you know, with the World Cup happening immediately after the season ends, um, they just time. wanted to yeah. yeah get it out there. But again, it's like, oh, and we've got a home game on Saturday too. It's just, <laughs> it's just kind of, I, I mean, I guess it just speaks to the you know the big event nature of you know trying to create a spectacle. Um, power to them. The yeah, other... I mean, I like I like the idea that they're going to get potentially 90,000 fans. I don't think that you could do that for New York and uh, NYCFC. You don't think That's... if you put that game at Giant Stadium, it would sell out? I, I mean, it I wouldn't. don't think so. Yeah. It hasn't sold out. <laughs> didn't sell out Yankee Stadium. It, yeah. it, I, it quote, air quote, sold out uh, Red Bull Arena. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other thing I mentioned is there was an interview with the head of the D3 MLS Next Pro, which just falls out of your mouth in such a wonderful way. Um, and yes, I'm the, the MLS Next Pro playoffs are happening right now, by the way. And um, the, the, the gentleman running that league said they hope to have 10 to 20 independent teams as part of their league over the next few years. Right now, there's one that that Rochester, New York team that actually did make the playoffs. Uh, they wound up losing their their first playoff game. But um, what what do you think? I guess you know I wasn't sure that there was sort of going to be a gauntlet throwdown against USL uh, for MLS, but uh, yeah. apparently that's what's happening. Um, don't know if I love that. I I like the USL. I like the USL structure. Um, I don't want to see a battle of these two leagues. I thought it would be nice if they could come together in some kind of way and uh, symbiosis, but apparently, <laughs> apparently not, not to be in the cards. Yeah. You know, or, right, and again, and the other point I wanted to make was about the Rampage supporters group, which was the Red Bulls 2 supporters group 
as Red Bulls 2 finishes their final USL championship season and they move to MLS Next Pro for next year, the supporters group is disbanding. And they're basically saying, if we're just going to be playing in a pure reserve league, then we're not interested in supporting anymore. Now, I'm not going to use... Yeah, the the point of mentioning this is not to shame or support them in any way. They made their decision, but I'm curious what you it, you know you can't make the argument that RB two games are a bastion of financial success, given that fewer than 500 people usually attend these matches. Yeah, I think they usually averaged like uh, under 200 even. Um, and, and so it's you know in a world where. You know, MLS Next Pro, for better or for worse, is a reserve league, to to be fair, starting next year. Maybe they feel that they need to add these independent teams in order to, you know, fluff up the competition a bit. I don't know. Make a more attractive uh, option at a lower level for these guys. But that, that's where I get worried about trying to compete directly with the USL because I think they're doing a really nice job drawing crowds and building teams and kind of having this sort of grassroots kind of thing so i don't really want mls to step all over it and as far as uh the rampages yeah it's their totally their decision i don't think that anyone can fault them for saying they don't want to continue to support um my view is that the mission statement of the team hasn't changed what attracted me to watch that team was watching the next red bull players coming through the system and uh seeing these young guys when they're first starting out um, obviously a team like the 2016 team where there's a you know billion right. amazing talents coming through uh, is more exciting than maybe what we've had in later seasons where you know one or two guys maybe stand out in a team that struggles against uh, a grown-up competition essentially um, uh, but I still enjoy that I still like watching uh, sort of the the development and formation of the young players that are in the system so for me that wouldn't stop me from watching or supporting the team but i can understand you know maybe the level of competition is not what uh, the rampage want to see but end of the day it's still the same red bull team all right um we've got one email it's from our friend tom malone that i think you have uh queued up sure uh tom malone says hey guys i've got to say my favorite segment of the show is usually the last part where you answer emails or have intriguing questions you ask each other I find your take on the team and your discussions enlightening and entertaining. So after last episode's light email and inbox, I decided to write in a bit more and encourage others to do the same. It's been talked about before, but the difficulty of the Red Bulls to break down teams that sit back in their half of the field is a little concerning, especially as we approach the postseason. It seems too often we pass the ball around and then end up crossing it in with little productivity. I always thought the best way to break down a team that does that Uh, is by dribbling hard at the defense, hoping to beat the first defender or to have the vision to make a killer pass into tight space in the box. That's why I've been a Drew Yearwood supporter for so long. Even though he does turn the ball over sometimes, his aggressive dribbling and bold passing uh, I thought was useful. Now with Kyle Duncan back in the team, his ability to run at the defense can really cause a back line to collapse. What do you think is the best way for the team to handle an opponent that parks the bus? Thanks, Tom Malone, Utica, New York. What's the best way to uh, 
to beat a team. That well, I mean, bus. listen, the best way to beat a team is to have a forward that can get to the back post and knock a cross down and create chaos in the box. We don't have that. Um, while Tom Barlow has the height, we haven't seen from him an ability to be that guy, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you saw it a, a little bit in, in New York's last game against City where they were playing a very small lineup, right? Which meant that in order to break down a bunker, not that NYC was bunkering at the time, the ability to, to go in and take guys on and break them down was really the only way to do it, right? Because when you have a defense that refuses to get drawn out, that will literally allow the attacking team to have the ball and won't engage until you're 30 yards from goal, uh, it makes it very, very challenging. Now, you know, we saw in, in the prior game when Christian Castros and Elias Manuel played a really nice um, game of one touch and, and Castros had the, the stones and the fortitude and the ability to basically run right up the gut and, and make it happen against the Revs. And far uh, <laughs> those opportunities have been few and far between for New York this season. So, yeah, I mean, if you're not going to go for, through an aerial assault, you have to go for a, a ground assault. And if you're going to try to break down eight defenders uh, between you and the box, there are only so many ways to do it if they won't come out and play you. Yeah, I think that is true. And I think another big part of that is um, where we see that fail most often with the Red Bulls is the static nature of the attack. I think that, you know, you get guys up there and then they just kind of stand around. They're not really sure what to do, or maybe they pass in small triangles, uh, but they have no, they have no plan for getting out of that and creating some kind of chaos. I think that if you can get guys moving around consistently, change up sort of the looks of who's running in and when, that is a, a great option for them. Taking more shots from sort of outside the box, making sure obviously you're, you're heading, uh, for the target, but, uh, trying to get the ball bouncing around the box to create chaos there and picking up second balls and just uh, looking to uh, be opportunistic. That That's the best way, I think, to break down a bunker. And we've seen it a couple times this year, but they, they're certainly not built to do that. You know the best way to do that hmm. is to score first. <laughs> yes, so score there first. there is no bunker. That's right. Then Don't you... give up two fluky set-piece goals. Ugh. <sighs> <laughs> we we didn't get we took a break we didn't yeah. get into that for a reason <laughs> that a, was uh that was beaten that was a thorough thorough beat down and you know again when you when you say you're going to win the game and then you come out and your players say you don't have the energy it's uh it's yeah i mean the energy was definitely not there it wasn't good all right we, we will be back next week on a new edition of seeing red we're going to talk to shep messing we're going to get you ready for decision day i cannot believe joe that it is october this weekend uh the, the flannel is coming out the warm sweaters i'm not a pumpkin spice uh drinker but if that's your gig man you go for it uh, but soon it'll be crunchy leaf time and soon it'll be yet another time for the New York Red Bulls to try and make a move in the postseason. Joe calls Saturday night's match at Columbus a two nothing loss. Boo. I'm going to call Boo. it a two one win. We'd like to thank Zach Feldman for his help with the stats and you for listening. Folks, have a great night. Enjoy the match. Let's go Red Bulls. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. 
Thanks for listening to Seeing Red. Get us anywhere you get your podcasts and always at seeingredny.com.